Wanderers Show. Welcome to the latest edition of the Wicked Wanderers Show, reunited for 2022. Uh, Bob and Colin, we've, if, you've, if you've just tuned in, we did the last two separately, which, <laughs> which is a first. We've not done that before. But we thought we'd be a bit like Westlife or Boyzone and we'd reunite for, for the, the reunited tour and make a lot of money out of it. My favourite bit, and the one that you did, was where you explained that we hadn't split up. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, I was just in case people were yeah, concerned. Were, yeah, where's know? he gone? Indeed. Then the following week you were gone. I know. But no, no, we haven't split up. We are still very much together. Yes, in tandem. Not in that sense, just <laughs> together. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> people have just tuned in. We haven't split up. We're very much together. <laughs> well. <laughs> this isn't a Philip Schofield moment. <laughs> 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 oh, good. We've already, already managed to get off topic. We're, yeah, already, no. we're only one minute in. That's nice. good, isn't it? Uh, bing, bing for that. Yes. Uh, we'll be uh, reviewing the uh, the fantastic win at Charlton. It was very good as well. With assistant manager Richard Dobson. We'll also hear from Jack Grimmer as well, who uh, made a fine contribution to the... Uh, I was going to say the show. Uh, but <laughs> he always speaks very well, Jack He does Grimmer. speak very yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. You know, he, he's got a media career ahead of him. Absolutely. He'll be doing some summarising somewhere. Yes, definitely, yeah. We look forward to hearing him on a, on a thing. Yes, on a, on a future podcast, maybe ours. Yeah, exactly, that'd be excellent. Yes, yeah, Jack, if you fancy coming, coming in. <laughs> You're very welcome. Know. Yeah, we'd be more than happy to have you. Do pop along. Uh, we will also be hearing from Gareth Ainsworth uh, ahead of uh, this weekend's uh, game against uh, League One Perennials Sunderland. 12.30 kick-off, of course. Uh, yes, which is slightly harsh if you're a Sunderland fan, I do think. And I know that Sunderland fans haven't done themselves any favours with regards to the car parking thing over the past few hours. Uh, but even so, I do feel a bit... Forward. Car park gate. Uh, yes, that they're having to get up at, you know, I don't know, what, half past five, something like that, to make sure that you get here for... Well, then the rest of the day is their own, isn't it? Oh, I suppose so, yes. <laughs> they can go to the Hellfire Caves or the Eden <laughs> Centre, you know. There's lots to do in Wickham. Just explore, yeah. Uh, maybe go and watch another game. Yeah, that's true. Yes. Uh, Blackmore Heath, Risborough Rangers. Not actually sure who, who is at home this <laughs> week. not looking I'll have a look. See if Risborough Rangers continue their record-breaking run. Yeah, also on the show we'll be catching up with uh, Larry Pritchard, who's a former midfielder from the uh, early 70s. He, uh, he dominated the middle of the park, the sloping park at that. Oh, yes. <laughs> he talks about the slope. Oh, does he? Can you imagine him being a midfielder on the slope? Not really. I, t- I still can't quite get over when they say how much Lokes Park sloped and you do think really <laughs> but you know but I know the people who, who you know who were lucky enough to go there um, all vouch for the the, the slope um, but they vouch I, for I, it I, and I've always you know I'm always really cross that I never actually got to go to Lokes Park or play on it or, or whatever <laughs> you know or just, just, just wander around on the, on, the, on the turf it makes you appreciate level playing fields it does yes I mean I have managed to walk on the, the on the turf at Adams Park the hallowed so turf yes have you I have yes when you say you've managed to, was it quite hazardous? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, it, or you just it, weren't it, supposed to be on it? I was going to say, which way are you saying that? <laughs> I wasn't one of those people who, who sort of like, you know... Who, Stay off the who grass. Who pretends to be a streaker. But that doesn't seem to be a thing anymore, because when you get streakers these days, they don't actually take their clothes off. I don't quite get that. Oh. Well, you, but you do, don't you? You get people running on the pitch. Non-streaking streakers. And, you know, back in, like, the, the 70s and 80s, that was the thing, wasn't it? It's obviously warmer, then. That if people ran on the pitch, they'd normally do it naked, strangely. Yeah. Whereas these days, actually, people just run on the pitch and they're still fully clothed. You might not believe it to listen to you, but th- this show is quite it well is. planned. And um, streakers wasn't in the plan. It wasn't. No, no but nice to cover no. it. Nice to cover it. Indeed, yes. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're running a new competition to see yeah. how many Covering streakers. Things. 
we could mention between now and eight o'clock. Uh, but good news is that uh, a, a fantastic win against Charlton, especially in response to the defeat against Ipswich previously. Yeah, I mean, the Ipswich game was, was slightly disappointing, and personally watching it, I felt once we were 1-0 down, you couldn't really see us getting back into it. So it was great uh, to get the first goal against Charlton. Um, and really, it was a similar sort of game after that. Um, we did manage to, to uh, survive a slightly nervous moments at the end uh, when Ryan Innes uh, and... Uh, Went very, very close, uh, but Josh Scowen did very well, uh, hooking away uh, the goal-bound header um, in the closing seconds where we were all thinking... The goal-bound header? That's quite poetic, wasn't it? Yeah. It's like you got that from a famous five book or something. Uh, yes, possibly I did. Yes, with lashings <laughs> of ginger beer. Uh, but yeah, but it was, you know, it was one of those moments where you just thought, oh, you know, with, uh, after all of that, are we only going to come away from a, with a point which would have been very disappointing? But no. Famous five and streakers, we're covering it all today. We really are. Uh, so Richard Dobson spoke to Phil, who was on last week's show, and the previous show as well. Yes. And he's on, on this week's show as well. <laughs> uh, after the game uh, at Charlton, to, uh, as we say, talk about how, how great it was, a response after the Ipswich game. We were delighted with the response. Um, we knew we weren't quite at it. We knew the reasons why. You know, it's fairly obvious when you haven't played for quite a while, you, you, you lose your rhythm. But um, today was, was much better, more like us. Uh, we could still be better on the ball at times, um, I felt, particularly first half. But uh, the goal was, was a good move. Uh, well worked and um, I thought our shape defensively and, and the way that we battled defensively was, was outstanding Quite a tight game again that first goal all important Yeah it was a first real moment of quality between the two sides they cancelled each other out first half not a lot had happened and um, it was the first time we'd spoken about it we said transitions were going to be so important and we made ours work uh, and that was the key message to the boys you know Charlton score a lot of goals on transition they're a quick counter attacking team and we needed to stop them from doing that and, and try and um, go the other way because with all their attacking players we knew there'd be space and we made it work and unfortunately that was the one that got the goal Quite a fresh look to the back three built around Chris Torino who's, who's come through the development squad a clean sheet a, a tough place to come you, you must be really delighted with that Yeah I'm, I'm delighted for him you know he's a, he's a young lad learning his trade and you know he's come straight into a first team in sort of sink or swim time and he's, he's swimming which is great to see um, but he's ably supported by the older heads around him obviously Jacobson again outstanding uh, Jack Grimmer come into the side today and I thought he was excellent as well really read danger well and um, you know they're two solid citizens that we've got that we can rely and, and, um, and help the likes of Chris to come through it. And in what was always going to be a tough game coming into this, Mometti got the, got the nod in central midfield. Was that to provide a, a bit more attacking flair? Yeah, I just felt we could have used the ball better the other night. We, um, we didn't use it well enough through midfield and... Um, uh, you know, I felt that we needed to, to get um, Gareth McCleary and, and Anis because they combined so well together um, uh, in more attacking areas and, and it might just steady us down because they're both quite calm and in possession um, it worked to a certain extent but obviously as the game progressed and Charlton started to get ahead of steam up I uh, just felt that Anis's um, attacking threat was lost and, um, and we needed to change it and bring Dave Wheeler on just to shore things up a little bit and, uh, and be a little bit more steady having already got the goal it was a more dogged second half performance was, was that the game plan or was it always to try and nick another on the counter no we, we wanted to get another go I think Charlton um, applied a, a little bit more pressure second half they were a little bit more purposeful with their attacks but what it did is open up space on the counter and you know there were two or three times 
that we had chances off of that. You know, Gareth McCleary with a, with a really good move from um, Jacobson's interception and ball into Vokes. Uh, and obviously, Brandon Hamlin's always a, a, a threat. So, um, yeah, I think with the way the game was going, to shore it up, having, having gained control of the game um, by going 1 0 up, we could, we could sit in and, and be a little bit more defensive and then look to counter um, as the game progressed. Uh, before the break in, in, in games, the form was really good. The defeat on Wednesday night allowed teams to kind of catch up a little bit. With games against Sunderland, Bolton away and Oxford coming up, how important was it to get the win today? Yeah, really important because you don't want to lose two on the spin and then end up with Sunderland at home. I, I, I'm really looking forward to the Sunderland game. They're the type of games we do really well in at Adams Park. So, um, I'm, I'm, you know, these are, these are great games ahead of us. But you obviously want to get a win on the board pretty sharpish after a break. Um, you, you don't want that to become a malaise after that period of time without playing. And um, unfortunately, we've done that today. Uh, and we can look forward to the next one on this streak of games because uh, if we do well in these streak of games we'll be firmly inside that top four uh, Gareth Fanger sent a video message to the team that was put up on Twitter for the fans to see as well uh, how's he been in isolation has he been on the phone to you constantly this week um, yeah we, we've spoken a little bit less as the week's gone on I think he's relaxed a little bit as, as the week's progressed um, obviously it was very tough for him early on but um, he spoke to me uh, yesterday and just said, look, I'm going to leave you alone tomorrow. So it's up to you. It's on you tomorrow. And that was great to hear because obviously it shows great faith and, and great trust from him. And, and I, look, I enjoyed it. You know, the other night there was lots of messages coming through and I had Josh in my ear and we've lost Josh today. And um, so there were no messages, um, but it just allows you to concentrate on the game a little bit more and trust your instincts. And, um, you know, I was comfortable with that today. Well, after two games at home, I'd imagine Gareth might need a new carpet in his living room. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, look, he's... Um, I know how tough it is for him because he wants to be in the middle of everything and um, it's uh, it, it, when you don't feel unwell you feel like you're not contributing and you should be there so I, I understand how difficult it is but at the same time we have to protect the players we have to protect the boys and everyone else around and, and Kean and Dr Bob have, have got the protocols in place that um, is obviously important to, to keep the squad well and, and fit and healthy so we have to respect that and um, we'll have him back next week and um, back to normal uh, COVID aside, any, any news on Ryan Tapazoli? Well, it's still still just a little bit of a problem with his back. I think he's training next week, um, so we should we should have him back with us shortly. Um, fingers crossed everything goes all right with him, but um, he's, he's nearly there. He's very close now. Really great to hear from uh, Richard Dobson, and a uh, fantastic in a football show to get Gareth's carpet mentioned. <laughs> yes. Yes, that was very good. Um, and and yeah, he speaks very well, doesn't he? Really, really well. Yeah, you, you can imagine him as a as a uh, you know uh, a manager. I can't imagine that Gareth would use the word malaise. No, it's not no offence, Gareth. <laughs> I, I just you know I can't imagine Gareth doing that. No, it's a type of pizza, isn't it? Uh, I, I think possibly it is. Yeah. <laughs> Gareth's carpet. We, we, that should be a new feature as well, shouldn't it? You're made up about that, aren't you? Oh, I do like. I just it's a strange mental image that I quite like. Have you got got that on the Wicked Wanderer show bingo? <laughs> <laughs> uh, along with um, uh, along with the dog leads and yes. yes yeah yeah and the battery operated trousers still to feature yes although we just mentioned them now I suppose so that's that's true yes you can cross them off as well um, <laughs> if you're playing along at home another person to to speak uh, was uh, was Jack Grimmer who again is another one who speaks very very well yes and should actually do more uh, post match stuff listen out for a top expression that I don't think quite get quite gets quite right uh, Jack Grimmer speaking after the game uh, also to Phil. You know, especially I think after the, the midweek game at Ipswich, um, you know, they had that sort of new manager bounce and I think it just, you know, a few of us have said it, it looked as if, you know, it would have been a little while without a game. I think it blew the cobwebs out the legs and we were back to our battling, hungry, sort of, um, you know, showing a lot of desire and stuff and 
back to our normal selves today and uh, and you know thankfully we managed to win and keep a clean sheet which I don't think we've done we've not done as much as we should have this season uh, you've got to be patient for your chances this season and straight into the firing line today that was a tough second half yeah it was you know they've got a lot of good attacking players you know they really through you know especially when they threw caution to the wind and Innes up top you know it was a big issue for them and it was it was a backs against the wall job at times but you know I think that's what we're good at that's one thing that since I've been here we always come out swinging and um, you know we showed again today that I mean you have to do that during a you know promotion push you don't play well you want win one nil happy days so um, we'll take it we'll move on and you know a massive game next weekend alongside you and Joe Jacobson young Chris Farina he's you know he's was going to university it's a great story he's yeah. gone through the development system at Wickham and now he's playing first team games uh, what's he like to play alongside him? Yeah you know first and foremost he's came in and he's been a great character around the place like all the young boys you know I think first and foremost the club look at characters first ahead of ability and um, you know I think that whole changing room is you know hungry and I'm sure he's not going to be the only one that comes through um, if not this season the seasons to come and um, you know he's sort of the next one following in Anis's footsteps um, but yeah like you say his story is incredible and it's he strikes me like he's the kind of guy that's just sort of taking everything in his stride and you know he's not taking it for granted he wants to learn and you know I think playing alongside me Anthony, JJ, um, you know, amongst others, and, and Taff himself is—he's only going to get better. He's only going to learn, um, and it's a great club to be at to progress. So yeah, he's been brilliant since he's came in, and just like a duck to water, he seems to just um, have taken to it quite easily. And and, uh, and yeah, hopefully we, he can stay in the team and we can keep winning and keep keeping clean sheets. Being one of those experienced players alongside him on match day and at training as well, does, does that help sort of underline your role as well? We mean, you'd have had a senior pro when you were young, no doubt, telling you what to do. Yeah, I think it's it's been good for me, you know, looking after sort of helping the young boys as best as I can. It's it's helped my development as well as theirs. You know, like you say, being that maybe slightly more experienced player now, yeah, I think it's another step forward in my career is helping is how can I help the younger players around me and you know since he's came in he's, he's done well but I find it sort of it keeps my mind switch on, switched on talking to him through the game and it's it's a good sort of a partnership that we're all kind of getting together and, and it's uh, and you know so far it's worked didn't work quite so well at Ipswich obviously but I think I said to him afterwards it was a, a learning curve and you know even though they lost he didn't really put much of a foot wrong so it's He's in a good place just now, and um, you know. But like any young player, he needs he needs time, and and he'll get all the support that he needs at Wickham. That's for sure. The top eight or nine places in League One is getting very tight up at the top now, and there's some big teams in there. Sunderland coming to Adams Park next. Oxford in a few weeks. It was a big win today, wasn't it? Ahead of those games. It is, yeah. I think nowadays the, the League One is definitely a mini championship. You know, every team you've got such big clubs in this league. You know, Charlton are a massive club that haven't even been near it all season so it just shows you the depth of the league um, you know they've had a right turnaround since they changed the manager and that's why we were extra you know buzzing at the end because it's a tough place to come you have to pick up results at these kinds of stadiums and and I think you said it there we've done the points to games ratio is is really good but we find ourselves still fourth I think which is just shows the strength of the league and you know keeping up with 
where we want to be, you know, in those automatics is, is a tough ask. But, you know, we've got the squad and the, the talent to do so. It's been a tough time for, for all of football, really, with, with, the, with the COVID situation and players testing positive, games uh, falling foul to that as well. Yeah. Gareth Ainsworth has tested positive as well the last two games. He's not been there. He sent a message today. How was that received by the players? Yeah, it was good. Um, yeah, he, he also sort of, we went on a Zoom call with him yesterday in training and, you know what the gaffer's like, he's be itching at the bit to get back. You know, I'm sure he's found it very difficult being at home and not being out there in the battlefield with the boys. But, you know, I think it speaks volumes of the staff that he, he trusts them implicitly to, to step in. And, you know, it's been a pretty seamless transition. But we will be, yeah, looking forward to welcoming him back. And I'm just glad that we managed to get the win to, you know, like you said, afterwards we FaceTimed him in the changing room and he was just delighted. So, yeah, that one was definitely uh, for the gaffer being, being away with COVID. Sunderland next up at Adams Park. Not a love, not a lot of love lost between the two teams down the years, but this is set up brilliantly where both teams are on the table. It is, yeah. Um, you know, they started the season very well. They were very lucky to beat us, you know, up at their place. I don't think anyone would disagree, and I think it's, you know, although they dipped off sort of, you know, after the, their, their quick start, I think no one was in any doubt that they've got the strength and depth to come back which they now have I think they found themselves top before the, the games today and you know I think it shows you their strength and depth that they've dealt with the game load because you know they got through in the cup and they still managed to win in the league so it sets it up nicely for a, a big big game and I think um, yeah the team's in quite decent form as well both of us so you know, we've got to be on the front foot being at home um, and no doubt we owe them one after that game up there. Yeah, uh, um, it's one to look forward to for sure. Really great to hear from uh, Jack Grimmer and, and spoke so well as we as, as well. Yes, yeah, another one uh, who's, who's been on the, the media training. Uh, no, he sounds absolutely <laughs> great. Um, I agree with Phil as well about that. Oh, you know, we've had a few tasty clashes uh, against Sunderland over the years. Uh, it'll be particularly interesting to see whether uh, there, there's anything between Luke O'Nine and Anis Mametti. Oh, yes, uh, because they of clashed, course, didn't yes, they? Yes, they did, yes. Uh, you know, and it slightly lost it, if you remember, uh, back up at the Stadium of Light uh, in August. Uh, and it was a surprise because Luke O'Nine, I'm sure he's very competitive and whatever. Uh, but he always comes across as one of those players who actually has a smile on the pitch the whole time. And so goodness only knows what happened um, when Anis then decided that actually his shoulder was going to collide with Luke's head, I think it was. Anis slightly lost it is another he of did. those f- famous five books which you, you don't hear so much about. <laughs> Indeed, yes. Uh, such as, uh, what was it, Itching at the Bit? Yes, yes, yep. that's an expression yep. that we'll try and use more of. Yes, yes, the famous five. Uh, five are uh, Itching at the Bit. <laughs> it's the new Enid Blyton uh, book. Still to come on the Wicked Wonder Show, we'll hear from manager Gareth Ainsworth and we'll catch up with former midfielder Larry Pritchard next. Online, on Radio Player and on 106.6 FM, this is Wickham Sound. Bing bong. Calling the people of High Wickham. It's David Stockdale, number 13, here from Wickham Wanderers. Not sure what to do this Saturday? Get yourself down to Adams Park. We continue our League One campaign. Bring your chanting air game. Help us get all three points. Tickets are now available at tickets.wwfc.com. See you there. Still to come in uh, what we loosely term part two of the Wickham Wanderer show uh, for the first of 2022, we'll be catching up with uh, former, midf- m- former midfielder. <laughs> former, <laughs> former midfielder. Uh, Larry Pritchard as well, who uh, dominated the middle of the sloping park uh, in the early 70s. Uh, so we'll be hearing from him very soon. We'll be catching up with manager Gareth Ainsworth, uh, looking back, uh, as we say, at uh, the performances he missed 
and also uh, talking a little bit about the transfer market as the window is now open. Not in here, it's not. Uh, no, uh, thank goodness, as it's quite cold out there. It must be really weird, actually, being the manager having to watch at home. That must be so, you know, I mean, it, it can be odd as a fan if you go frequently to then be watching a game at home and you, you slightly feel disconnected. If you're a manager, it must be really, really weird. Because I remember early in the lockdown as well, uh, getting to speak to him on the phone, and, and I asked him uh, if he had a, a dugout at home. Where yes, he, I remember because of course he was he you know he had his back operation, yes. so he then missed several games, didn't he? Where where Dobbo took charge um, and actually managed to win a couple of them, if you remember the Birmingham City away uh, game and the Sheffield Wednesday at home. I think were the two that, that Dobbo won when when Gareth wasn't there. Or uh, perhaps he just got a sofa at home that is shaped like a dugout. Like- <laughs> Yes. So he's just watching the, the big screen at home like he'd be watching the game. But does he then make the rest of his family sort of like sit and play the roles of like maybe the substitutes? Yeah, send and them like, to warm you know, up yeah, yeah, into you the know, dining just, room. Just because it must be a bit odd just sitting there sort of like on your own. Yeah, as you say, we cover a bit about the transfer window because obviously the, the window is open. It is. Uh, and difficult time for players. Um, many squads, of course, have got a lot of injuries at this time. Uh, we're quite lucky. I think there's only really Dominic Gape and Nick Freeman who are long-term absentees. And I think Dominic Gape's not far from, from yes. being available. Um, uh, we heard in the chat with Richard Dobson that uh, Ryan Tafazoli is, is uh, unavailable a, a bit for a bit as well. Yes, which, you know, d- d- considering that there are t- now we, we know that there are 12 Ryan Tafazolis, you wonder, you know, <laughs> what, are, they all, are they all injured at the same time? Because, you know, because we could do with one of them at the moment. Um, uh, no, so seriously, though, um, I, I'm sure I wasn't the only Chairboys fan to notice um, uh, an article about uh, Uchi at Middlesbrough, Ooh, yes. uh, where apparently he's, he's slightly fallen out of favour. Um, and is maybe looking for a, a move uh, in the January transfer window. Good spot. And you definitely think, well, Uchi, we'd be quite happy to have you. <laughs> you know, you, you you could be another one of those players who comes back to Adams Park. A lot do you come back. You would be welcomed with open arms. We would be very pleased to see you back at Adams Park. Uh, so yes, if you if you fancy it, Uchi, then get on the phone to Gareth. And someone who's gone, but only temporarily, to the Africa Cup of Nations, Sully Kai Kai. Sully Kai Kai, yes, is, is off to, to Cameroon. Um, uh, and one of the players that's actually been allowed to go, because I know that there have been plenty of naughty clubs who have yes. denied their, their, um, their playing staff the opportunity to go and appear for their country. Um, and it, it's one of, you know, I, I, I can understand people being frustrated about it, but at the same time, the fact that we're talking about a competition in Africa... Clearly, you don't necessarily want your players playing in a tour- major tournament in Africa in the middle of June, July. So that's you know that's why it's now. And yeah, I think you you've got to release your your players because we would have uproar the other way around. And whatever country you're representing, I think yeah, Sierra Leone. It doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's just yeah. fantastic it's, to be able to say yeah. this is my my yes, country. Of course, you know, there's there's no difference between Harry Kane representing England, T.J. Debar representing Gibraltar, or Solly Kai Kai going and representing Sierra Leone. We should be completely behind them, 100. percent Say yes, you know, uh, go and good luck, and you know, we hope you you bring back the cup. That would be brilliant. And another former guest on the show, uh, Stuart Cash, uh, his son Matty Cash, was representing Poland. Yes, yeah, you know, I I, I think. I think we get the, the we've got the right idea in that I think you probably, whilst yes you might want to to keep the players during the African Cup of Nations, but that isn't actually going to help your team because I would imagine that most of the players who aren't allowed to go are then probably slightly resentful um, and probably aren't doing you any good in the the long term. Right. Right. You can keep that as a, yeah. a, a advice from Bob there. Definitely. If yes. you, well done, Gareth, for letting Salik Kai go if to you've the got players going to the AFCON, yes. uh, then you're, you're very, you, they should but, certainly do that. Yeah, you're, you're doing the right thing. Uh, still to come also on the show this week, we'll, uh, we, we spoke uh, last week's show uh, to Dave Ward, who's the, uh, the manager of Wickham Wanderers Women, who are briefing their game. Uh, we've got a few, there's a note, some notice board bits, aren't there? There's a rearranged yes, there uh, fixture to cover. Uh, but first, in our uh, feature with former players. You make it sound like an assembly or something. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> well, 
<laughs> do detention. Bob's going to be reading the notices <laughs> later on. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we should do that more like that. Uh, but first, uh, with thanks as always to the Wicker Wanderers X Players Association. You. Thank you. Um, <laughs> excellent timing with your thank you. A big hello to the Wicker Wanderers X Players Association. Oh. Hello. Uh, we've been uh, speaking to Larry Pritchard, who you may remember from the uh, early seventies, uh, as a midfielder who uh, dominated the the centre of the well sloping park, as mentioned. And uh, here's how he first became a wanderer. I was at Sutton United, and uh, I was fortunate enough to get into the England squad, and what have you, uh, you know, the Great Britain sides and stuff like that, and uh, we used to have our training sessions on a Sunday, and the games, um, practice games and that, at uh, Bishop Abbey, which is where Brian Lee had his uh, headquarters, and he managed that place, uh, which was a big area and uh, right next to the Thames at Marlow which was brilliant so we, I used to go up there regularly and got to know Brian quite well and uh, then he started managing at uh, Wickham and uh, they were started to do well and started to look up so uh, I decided to go there and uh, joined Wickham along with uh, a couple of my friends who were playing at the same time that was uh, Ted Powell and uh, Keith Blunt. Uh, both of them, the very good friends of mine. Both of them were at Sutton. Uh, Keith Blunt went up to Wickham first, and then uh, said how how good it was and what have you. So we decided to do the same. So, what were your first impressions when you arrived? I was a bit. I, I played at Wickham before uh, once or twice, but uh, initially. The slope of the pitch at Lokes Park, you know, you come out of the dressing room and down and uh, down onto the pitch, and it was like, well, it was quite steep. Did that affect your game too much? Obviously, being a midfielder. Uh, no, I, I I quite enjoyed it. I was in midfield. I ended up getting forward, and it was good. You got used to it very quickly, but we never used the, the actual slope uh, to our advantage. You know, we did, there was no specific plans for using the slope. It was how you delivered the ball into the slope that was uh, was good. So, how would you describe your own style of play and, and that of the, of the team at the time? Uh, quite attacking. We won the league so uh, in those years, which was good. European league. Um, we had good crowds, you know, quite full houses and that, and we had some good uh, cup runs. Yeah, it was it was good. I really enjoyed it, and uh, I got married while I was up there and uh, had children. So uh, that that was a bonus, and because they loved it up there as well. And it must have been a fantastic time to be able to uh, represent your country as well. Oh, it was, yeah. For for, for me, it was. Uh, it wasn't so good for the wife because I was away quite a lot. But uh, yeah, it was a lovely time. And are there any particular uh, games which uh, especially stand out? Uh, not not really. No, I, I tend to take every game as uh, as not not the last, but. Uh, you know, I used to take uh, each game as a, a nicely competitive situation. Because I was reading on the uh, Wickham Wanderers Ex-Players Association uh, Facebook page, John Maskell was saying he couldn't remember you having a bad game. I think sort of your consistency is something that really stands out. Yeah, well, I think that could be hidden when you work quite hard. <laughs> you know, if you work quite hard, then some of the, uh, the poor bouts are, uh, or your poor situations uh, get uh, missed. <laughs> So it's a, it's a fantastic record, though, of, of games that you played and also goals scored as well, which I guess is quite rare for a midfielder. 
Yeah, yeah, I used to get forward quite a bit, and uh, I had, fortunately had good players in front of me, you know. Uh, Keith Searle and people like that, and Tony, a butcher horseman. Uh, you know, they were good players, uh, and it allowed me to go forward, you know, in that situation. I was an attacking sort of player, so some of my defending might have been a little bit iffy, but uh, I enjoyed it. And what was it like playing under Brian? Yeah, very good. Well organised, the, the training was well organised, both him and... Uh, John Reardon were, were good. You know, they, they worked well together. And it's nice having that little area behind the ground where you could, you know, do all the training sessions and that. Save the pitch getting too mucky. No, definitely. And you speak to many ex-players and they, it feels like, you know, their particular era or the time that they were at the club, the, the camaraderie among their teammates felt especially special. Was that something that, that you, you felt as well? Oh, yes. Yes, it was, yeah. I mean, we looking... Uh, up, looked at a few photographs over the last week or so uh, since your telephone call and uh, I can't believe how young some of these people look <laughs> does it feel like 50 years ago or, or... Oh, <laughs> yeah I know it does um, when I look back I think, really is that really 50 years I looked at it and I thought in actual fact I wrote down you know I've got one of them in front of me I put down I got a photograph of the 1970-71 winning uh, league winning side in front of me and uh, I thought 71 70 71 <laughs> blimey that, then you realise how far back that is from now I'm really nice that you're, you're still in touch with, with many of your, your ex teammates today yeah just a few but I mean there's, there's unfortunately a few of them have uh, passed us I'm afraid but uh, that's been a few years now for the likes of uh, Keith Blunt and uh, Ted Powell, you know, they've been gone quite a long time now, unfortunately. They were really close friends of mine and uh, sorely missed. We still see uh, their wives uh, now and again. And we mentioned you got to represent your country, but also compete at the Olympics as well. Yeah, we didn't actually qualify, but um, the games were very competitive and uh, we actually, it was good. Very proud. But you don't get anything for that. You know, you don't get a cap or a badge or a shirt or anything like that which is I you know used to revere the uh, having a cap you know I've, I've given one to my daughter one to my son and when I go around their house they're, they're on show in the hall in, which is lovely you know my daughter still likes to go up to Wickham and she was only about three when uh, she was uh, three or four and she still enjoyed the atmosphere you know and it must be so nice to have felt sort of a part of, if you like, the, the, the kind of history and, and building up to, to where the team are now. Yeah. I mean, when, when I, I mean I'm, I'm, I'm quite proud of the fact that they're up there where they are and how they've got there is brilliant. Um, he's done a particularly good job, I think, um, the, the manager. I'm very pleased and I'm proud to say I, I used to play for them. <laughs> No, it's, it's a fantastic feeling, and as you say, to be part of the ex-players association as well, uh, yeah. and to really share memories from different eras of player. Exactly right. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm a very fortunate person. As much as I've got you know, Wickham, obviously, and uh, and Son, and they're doing particularly well as well. Um, and I go down there, and it's nice to be. You know, I go down there once or twice a month, with that, and uh, it's good. You know nice to be sitting up there and watching it. Did it feel like a particularly uh, short period at the, at the club at the time? It did, yes. 
because I was only there about three, four years, if that. And uh, but it was it they were three or four years of that I loved, and so did my wife. So what happened to you after that? You returned to your, your hometown I re- club. I returned. I went back, and I had a, a spell at uh, Sutton, and then uh, moved on into management <laughs> and coaching. Just uh, I was at Walton and Hersham. I managed them and coached them for a, a year or so. Then I left them, went back to Sutton and did some managing there and coaching and until I packed up and that was it. And what was that transition like from becoming a coach and a, and a manager from being a player? Completely different. <laughs> Realising how difficult it was <laughs> but to run a, you know, a lot of people. And to sort out the clubs, you know. The important part is to be successful, isn't it? You know, when you're running anything like that. Uh, if you're successful uh, as in winning games, then it's vital. And overall, how do you look back at your time uh, at Wickham? Oh, I, well, I loved every minute of it. The only downside was the travelling. You know, when you're travelling an hour and a half each time, time you're coming up. It, uh, that was the only problem I had. But... You get used to it, and uh, I did, and it was nice when my wife started coming up with me. And then, uh, obviously, I used to train up there with um, and Ted Powell and Keith Blunt would be coming up with me. And we'd uh, share cars, which was good. I was going to say, it's hard to imagine, isn't it? I'd say what, what feels like just a comparatively short time ago, but, but how things are different, you know, players are full-time now, and, and in your day, obviously, yeah. uh, as you say, with, with the travelling as well. Yeah, yeah. With, um, well, yeah, it's, it's, it's completely different, isn't it? You know, they, they obviously work harder during the course of the week, being full-time players. Uh, yeah, it's, yeah, but it's good, and it's, I'm pr- quite proud to say that I was there. And uh, always, uh, it was always a welcoming place, for me anyway. And I know Ted, uh, Ted Powell and Keith Blunt were the, exactly the same. They felt the same. Yeah, good, very good, yeah. It was just an experience that you wouldn't like to miss. Really great to chat to uh, Larry, who obviously was, as, as you mentioned, a real uh, dominant uh, part of the, the midfield and a, a real influential part of that team who won the uh, Isthmian League uh, in, in, in <laughs> 71, uh, 72 and 73, I think. Thank goodness that it's now sponsored, so no, no, nobody has to call it the Isthmian League anymore, <laughs> which is one of the hardest words to say. It is, isn't it? Yes. You, you, you want to try and break it up, but realise you can't. Yeah, you know. Isthmian. Well, going way back when, you know, when they were saying, what should we call our league? You know, who, who then said, oh, yeah, I know. What about the Isthmian League? <laughs> Somebody said, yeah, that's a good idea. You know, no, no. I'm sure that other leagues are, are available. Yes, yes. You know, I'd quite like the Spartan League, which sounds... Yes, quite, yeah. sounds a bit sparse. It, well, it does, yeah. It sounds a bit sort of menacing, in a way. Or it sounds a bit like a, a local uh, food supermarket. Just uh, pop, pop down to your local Spartan. <laughs> yes, that's, that's very true. Other supermarkets are available. <laughs> um, I've just been looking through, by the way, um, uh, to find out about other games that are on, um, oh, on yes, Saturday after. It, um, so, so if you were thinking that actually... Or just other places you could of do interest. A, you could do a double header Places to go. Um, although I think you know that you you will be lucky if you manage to get out of the uh, packed car park um, uh, with, with all of the Sunderland fans who are going to complain about it uh, on Saturday. Uh, but yes, Risborough Rangers are playing at home uh, to Leighton Town. Uh, Risborough Rangers, who are, of course on their record-beating run of now is it 51 games, something like that, uh, where they haven't yet been beaten. Uh, so you can go along and see them. Uh, Beaconsfield Town are also playing on Saturday. They are home to Kings Langley. Um, I've played on the Beaconsfield Town pitch. Have you? It's very uneven. It might be better now. It was a while ago. 
and uh, was was this when you played in a, a celebrity game? I'm now slightly having flashbacks to you talking about the That's fact right, that you yes. played in a celebrity game. Well, it wasn't really celebrity as such. It was a media eleven, uh, but the manager was Mike Fillory. So this, he, is how, this is how we ended up talking about porridge last time. Oh, that's right. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Listeners to, to the, the previous season of Wiccan Wanderers uh, shows will remember that. Yeah, check back for more details. Yes, which one's the goodie? <laughs> <laughs> and other inane references. Sorry, had you finished your um, local uh, teams uh, So I, I'm, I'm still looking up about Penn and Tyler's Green and Holmer Green to find out whereabouts they are. I know that Flackwell Heath are away on Cheshire? Saturday. Uh, I can have a look for Chesham as well. Marlowe? Uh, yeah, I can have a look for Marlow as well. And other teams. Uh, other teams are available as well. Um, but yeah, it's, it's still impressive that you were in a media 11. I know, yeah, it's very local, very you, small. Oh, sorry, who were you playing? Um, Be- uh, Beaconsfield. Oh, okay, you were actually playing the Beaconsfield team? Yes. And uh, what was the, the score? <clears throat> uh, 18-0. To the Beaconsfield, I'm assuming. Yeah. Not, not to... Yeah, but we came very close to uh, scoring. Um, we had a free kick from about a mile away, and uh, uh, there was a period in the in the second half where we went twenty minutes without conceding. That was that was a highlight. Oh, well, that's quite good. And there was a free buffet afterwards. I especially enjoyed that. Afterwards, did your manager say that he was proud of uh, proud of you? I didn't say anything. I don't think he just had his head in his hands. <laughs> what a disappointment! I think I ever did it in the warm up. I found the warm up quite tiring. Oh, I, I always I don't like if you ever go and do any like exercise type thing. Um, you know, with, with somebody who's sort of like training or mm. whatever, and they say, right, we're going to warm up first of all. And you get to the end of the warm up and you say, I'm done. <laughs> How is that just the warm up? How am I going to survive another hour of this? Another memory was um, I was on the bench for much of the game. <laughs> it might surprise you. And until uh, I was brought on, on the end, uh, towards the end. And then another of the substitutes was reading a newspaper during. <laughs> His own newspaper coincidentally as well. It does definitely sound like the Porridge film. He was a sports editor at a, a, a local paper, I think, in Slough, if I remember correctly. He was just reading the, the latest edition during the game. Well, because uh, presumably you were playing uh, Beaconsfield Psycho. That's right, yes. now, uh, Then, rather. Uh, which I always think, again, sounded like a slightly menacing side. Yes. But now they're, they're slightly uh, sort of like softer-sounding Beaconsfield Town. It stood for Slough Youth Club Old Boys. It did, yes. But now they're called Beaconsfield Town. Yes, I know. And I think their pitch is a lot better as well. Uh, and they've, yeah, they've, they've read they've the stadium. Had, I was going to say, quite a refurbishment, they in fact. Have, yes. yeah. So you could pop along there on Saturday. But it used to be a talking point. I wouldn't have changed the name, because people did wonder yes. about Beaconsfield Psychop, and particularly as you then came out of the service station and there was a sign there, mm. you thought, oh, that's a funny name. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, I wouldn't have changed it back. Final part of the Wicked Wanderer show uh, to come. We'll hear from manager Gareth Ainsworth, and uh, we'll be talking about other things as well. Uh, <laughs> here at Wickham Sound. Online, on Radio Player, and on 106.6 FM, this is Wickham Sound. Final part of the Wickham Wanderer show. Welcome back. Uh, Bob's guide to local football on Saturday continues. Uh, Chesham and Marlow are both away. We've got some other notice board stuff, haven't we, about the Cambridge game? Oh, hang on, hang on. I'm, I'm still... Uh, uh, oh, uh, sorry. Uh, Holmer Green are also away, I think. Uh, yes. Is there a minibus going to that game? <laughs> no, that's just respirators. <laughs> Actually, I'm not sure about Homer Green. I'll come back to them. Okay. Um, uh, yes, so we have found out today that our game against Cambridge United will be played on March the 1st. Oh, St. Yep. David's Day. Uh, uh, yes, yeah, 7.45pm kickoff. Um, so, and the tickets are still valid, etc., etc. Um, please keep up repayments on your home or that <laughs> the loan secured. <laughs> That's the small print bit. Uh, uh, yeah, I didn't see that bit in the, in the uh, on the club website. Uh, but yes, first of March for Cambridge at home. Have we got any other notice board stuff? Um, I, I think that's about it, actually, for notice board stuff. <laughs> uh, other than the fact that Wickham Wanderers women are playing this weekend, they are away to Abingdon. 
Yes, all the best to them. We heard from uh, Dave Ward on last week's show, uh, looking ahead to their sort of new year and kind of next section, if you like, of their season. So yeah. uh, wish them all the best for Sunday. We really do, because we know that they've got three tough games coming up now against the, the teams that are at the top of the, the division. So all the very best to them. Yeah, they're looking to top a sort of mini part of their division. Yeah, well, that's what you have to do, isn't it? When you're, you know, when you're in those little, little mini leagues such as we are at the minute sort of uh, you know fighting out yes. with the, the, the top six or so um, it's, it's those results that matter Let's hear now though from manager Gareth Ainsworth who I spoke to earlier on today at the training ground when it was very early and cold and uh, early in the conversation as well the mobile phone reception wasn't great so do stick with it for that bit but um, <laughs> it does improve uh, but brilliant to speak to you the manager and uh, obviously kicked off by wishing him a happy new year oh, Happy new year everybody in there yeah, you're right, Colin. There, no, no symptoms. Uh, I was one of the lucky ones, I think. Uh, maybe unfortunate to to contract the uh, the virus, but lucky in the fact that I didn't have any symptoms. Annoying more than anything. Very frustrating because it's almost yeah, isolating and uh, and there's nothing at all. You but obviously you're carrying the virus, and we've got to be super careful now. So, like I said, the medical department here have done fantastic with us. Uh, um, you know. And watch things, and, and we have a massive upgrade. But uh, I can Ali have, uh, have really, really looked after the boys, and you know our cases have been very limited uh, in this staff more than anybody. So yeah, it was hard to watch, believe me. Um, but it was uh, it was fantastic performance in both games. You know, we were right in the Ipswich game to the end, uh, and obviously watching uh, Anthony blast over the bar was uh, oh, it was hard to take because I thought the lads did way enough to get back in that game, but. It's a dangerous side and, and very good players. Uh, obviously, a fantastic crowd there as well. But um, the Charlton game, I thought, was brilliant. You know, the, the boys knew what they had to do. We knew we had to get back on track. Uh, and uh, they delivered without a doubt. You know, some attacking play was fantastic. The resilience at the back was brilliant. And, uh, you know, away at Charlton is a tough game, believe me. Um, Johnny Jackson's got them playing well. And, uh, and so I was, I was very happy when I saw that final whistle on there. Me and Josh Hart watching it on FaceTime via iFollow via headphones into Matt Bloomfield. It was a uh, it was a, a tough one. I don't want to do too many of them, but a great result and uh, lads thoroughly deserve that win. Looking forward to Saturday now and uh, hopefully can can build on what we're what we're doing. And something that Richard Dobson said after the game was was how how well the team battled. That must be something they're really pleased to as well. Yeah, we know that. You know, I mean, over the years, I think that's one thing we are known for. Every time you an opposition comes to town or we go there, they say we're in for a physical battle. Uh, I think there's a little bit of tongue-in-cheek there and a bit of shortcut to thinking, but, yeah, my boys will battle and my boys will run and, and I, I take that as given. I think when these managers say, yeah, we're going to be in for a physical battle, why aren't all teams battling physically? Because this is our livelihood. This is what we do. I would fight and scrap everyone who saw me play till the, the last breath to, to get a result, you know, and uh, and I think that's uh, it's a compliment, but it's also a something that's fallen out of the game. I think that fighting and battling and, and running till the end is uh, not just a wishing trait, surely. You know, everyone should be doing that. What we are adding to our game now is some fantastic play. You know, um, I love everyone keep billing as the, the direct team and it's, it's superb to read because uh, I'm hoping people are just trying to cope with the direct team because once we get in the opposition half, wow, players like Gareth McCleary and, and, and Anish Mameti, Daryl Horgan, Brandon Hanlon, you know, we've got some real players in this team now and, uh, and I'm loving some of the attacking player on the edge of the uh, opposite uh, the opponent's box but um, no we're good at what we do everyone keeps telling me that so uh, 
and stay on with what we're doing and try and stop us because we're going to keep doing it. So just going into a new year, what's your overall assessment of where the team are at the moment? Um, I'm really happy. I'm really pleased. I think we're not suffering from any relegation hangover, which was very important. And we said that from day one. Um, and I think, if I'm honest, I think we'd accepted that we were going down quite early in, in the running at, at the end of the season. Uh, but the boys thought, you know, there's a chance, there's still a chance always. So the actual relegation itself, everyone had built as relegated, everyone had built as the worst team ever to play in the championship. And, uh, and so it wasn't, it was no pressure on us. So when we came down, it was like, right, we'll, we'll show everyone, we'll prove everyone that we can get back there. Um, so there was no hangover halfway through the season. And you're really, really proud to say we're in that top six in those playoff spots. And uh, and I think we rightly deserve to be there. We're, we're not the you know the biggest spending team in the league by a long, long way. You know, we're, we're, we're just about touching the top ten in those terms. But um, to be performing as we do every year, no matter what budget we have, no matter what squad we have, we will perform above and beyond our capabilities the boys are doing that so it's not a surprise to me um, really proud of where we are uh, and I think we've got a real chance with the fixtures that we've had already and the fixtures that we've got to come uh, just hoping the pandemic can keep everything quite scheduled and quite quite normal but um, you never know what's around the corner and one thing we are good at is that adaptability we've been doing that for years so uh, yeah really proud pleased and uh, want to push on from this position now and we were speaking to Pete Kuig last week, who um, was obviously praising your karaoke over Christmas, but also um, talking, <laughs> talking. Apparently, there's some video somewhere, but it might just yeah, that, that might not get out. Apparently, um, no. <laughs> but he was also saying that you know how, how how big an impact COVID could have on the transfer window, with clubs perhaps being reluctant to to let people go because they, especially either on loan or on a, on a longer term basis, because you know they might be needing their players because of the, the virus as well. Yeah, and that's the problem, you know. Um to get players out of clubs now you might have to overpay you might have to try and prize them out because clubs want to keep their players and their squads together you know you lose two or three for, for COVID uh, and, and if, you, if you've still got 14 fit players uh, apparently this is the uh, this is the remit to, to have a game on I'm not sure if all clubs are following that but you've got to have 14 good ones um, so really you've got to have about 18, 19, 20 really good ones first team ready because everyone's going to have one or two out through injury maybe one or two out through COVID so You've got to have these these players in now. Usually, you you have fourteen or fifteen, and then your your young boys make up the squad. And there's people going out here and loan and everywhere. And you can't do that. I wouldn't loan anyone out at the moment because uh, not in the first team uh, setup. Because what if you know? What if we do lose a couple? I'd be stupid to to lose any of my players. Having said that, there are some teams with huge squads, but it's also um, it's also protocols and our are you doing the right thing, loaning a player out to another club when you don't know what their COVID protocols are? There's, there's all sorts that come into this, and, uh, and I think it is affecting yet another transfer window. Um, we've, got, we've got some targets, believe me, this season. I know Rob wants me to go for these targets, and we're going for them, but whether we can get them or not is a different story. And I'm not just going to do what I've done in the past uh, when we had nothing back in the day and bring just bodies in. We can't do that. We need, we need people who are going to make an impact, people who will improve what we've got or challenge what we've got at least and uh, and they're tough to find but um, I'll go back to the start you know and, and the, the three physios we have uh, done an astounding job of keeping everyone fit we've only got two long-termers and Dominic Gabe's not far off of a return now so only Nick Freeman really and that was a horrendous you know crucial ligament challenge in the uh, in the Lincoln game so uh, yeah really really pleased with where we are want some players in won't be panic stations if we don't but um yeah one or two maybe would be a uh, fantastic additions to the squad
This has felt like a really exciting part of the season because you've got three big games coming up at home uh, this month, obviously all in, in the top seven as well. Yeah, we spend this every month, you know, kind of. We've got big games coming up, you know, even when we played Doncaster, Shrewsbury and, and, and Morecambe or whatever it was, you know, we, they were big games. I mean, look, look what Morecambe are doing to teams. You know, Shrewsbury, wow, they're climbing the league. So when you, you talk about the big games in the top six, yeah, of course, everyone's looking at that top eight now, really, you know, you your ex-Premier League sides and Wickham Wanderers. It's, it's fantastic to be in there, you know. And we really are, you know. I, I give Rotherham also a massive credit. But everyone else, I, I think, has been in the Premier League. You know, Portsmouth, Sunderland, Ipswich, Wigan, did Bolton, um, Charlton, you know. They, all these teams have been in the Premier League. And to have the company that we've got, um, I think it's fantastic. I really do, you know. And, and obviously, MK Dons Oxford need some credit as well because they're, they're hanging on as well. So, um, brilliant to be there. And... Again, I always go back to where we were, and uh, it's not all about sometimes, you know, what we are now. It's where we were, you know, to what we are now. It's a fantastic rise for this football club, and uh, people talk about the Bournemouth story and, and you know, the Sheffield United stories and things like that. And, you know, there are a lot bigger clubs than Wickham Wonders. Hopefully, one day people will go, you know what, that, that, that little team in Buckingham, they didn't do too bad either. You know, look at their eyes, uh, and it's down to everyone who works at this place and everyone who supported this. Uh, this team and uh, and hopefully we can we can get back to that second tier that's the aim um, I'd love that I want to get back there um, but we've got some real tough company to uh, to beat before we get there I know we've spoken before about uh, how special the club is in, in coming together and really sad news this week about um, Alana Herford or, or I know someone that, that you know well and, and so pleasing that the, many of the players have paid some glowing tributes on social media as well yeah and, uh, nothing nothing more than I expected you know the, the players are fantastic they know their fans and the, the beauty of being uh, such a tight-knit club is we do know those fans and Lana obviously was a, was a brilliant brilliant fan she was there right at the start even my playing days I remember she was always around always making the noise on the terraces with the, with a group of them and uh, and that group grew over the years you know and uh, I think they became families, you know, and, and, and it was an absolute shock to everybody that um, she'd passed away, you know. We knew that um, there was an illness, but, you know, for, for one of our family to pass away like that is uh, it's terrible news. It, it really is, and, uh, and how we want to remember her is, is all the support she gave. I mean, she was a big Kevin Betsy fan back in the day when I was playing, and then um, when we first took over as, as management team, myself and Double Armin, they, you know... <laughs> We, we got some some stick from the fans. We we uh, we kept it together, and then I remember in one season coming up to us going, oh, thank you, you know, you've done brilliant. Thank you for keeping us up, and thank you for, for propelling this club where we've gone." And I, and I remember saying to them, "It's not it's not us. It's not me. It's not double. It's not the players. It's everybody. It's everybody at Wickham Wonders." And I stand by that. You know, she's she's played a huge huge part in the in the story of Wickham Wonders, and uh, and we won't forget one of our own. So. Um, you know, rest in peace, Lana. Um, thank you for all your support, and uh, and I'm sure it's not the end of the glowing tributes to her. She was a great fan and uh, and a great person. Really nice uh, message from uh, the manager as well. Absolutely lovely to hear Gareth describing her fan as as one of the family. Uh, we, we seem to be talking about this too often this season, which is a really really sad thing to say, but it is true. Um, but the club are so so good actually um, at honouring and remembering uh, those Chairboys fans uh, who have passed away. Uh, very, very sad. Uh, 
another thing that they've been very good at this season and always really um, is supporting various causes um, that are very very important Um, and this week the club are supporting Prostate Cancer UK uh, for the fixture against Sunderland they're encouraging all men to undergo a 30 second online wrist checker just to boost the chances of catching any cancer symptoms early so that they can be treated Gareth Ainsworth had this message to say Hi everybody Gareth Ainsworth Wickham Wonders. I want to talk about prostate cancer. Please, please take 30 seconds out of your day and fill in the online questionnaire at Prostate Cancer UK. Okay, 30 seconds is not a long time, but it could give you plenty and plenty of time to get things treated if anything's going wrong. It's such a terrible disease for men over 50, men over 40. Please, 30 seconds, it's not a long time. I've just, speak, I've just spoke for 30 seconds, that's all it takes. Please do it today. Prostate Cancer UK. Thanks a lot. He's only sped up at the end as well, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> the, the clock was ticking and he thought, oh, I've, I've done my 30 seconds now. Um, but yeah, it doesn't, it, it literally does take 30 seconds. It's not one of those surveys where they say, oh, this is only going to take two minutes mm. of your time, sir, and you're still there 10 minutes later at all. I, I took the, the check today. It does take 30 seconds. ProstateCancerUK.org forward slash risk check is the actual website address, but you can find it if you simply search for Prostate Cancer UK on Google. And as you say, a really good cause, obviously, to, to be supporting and uh, and very, you know, poignant for, for football fans, obviously male ones, but also you know, female ones who, who know male ones to, to be thinking about as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it, it, it's something I think that is getting a lot more known about, but actually the amount of money that gets spent on it and the amount of money that prostate cancer raise um, is still really, really small compared to some other cancer charities. And I know that charities shouldn't be fighting against each other, um, but it is one of those um, organisations that does need um, our support. But the, the main thing that they want to do, actually, is to eradicate prostate cancer completely, if they possibly can, which is why they do campaigns like this. So yes, 30 seconds is all you need uh, to go online and just, just check. Um, and it will, it will tell you what to do. Um, uh, and it's well, well worth doing. No, definitely, really good words, and also because I think, well, like many cancers, I guess, but obviously if you catch it early, then it's much more treatable. Indeed that, uh, as we've said a lot on Wickham Sound, not necessarily on the Wickham Wonder show, but over the last couple of years, definitely, um, if you want to help the NHS at the moment, uh, then make sure that you look after yourself, and if you have any suspicious symptoms, get them checked out early, because the earlier you get them checked out, the better it is, not only for you, but also for the NHS as well. Some of the things we've covered this week on the show. (laughs) Indeed. Streakers, Gareth Ainsworth carpet, Um, there was something else well, wasn't there that we didn't plan? Um, uh, yes, what, what, what was that now? I can't remember. Can't remember, but it no, was, it's, there's been so much that, that yes. Some uh, big games coming up, as we mentioned. Uh, Sunderland this week, uh, the earlier kickoff time of 12.30. We've got Bolton away on Tuesday. That'll Oxford. be a big game as Absolutely. well. Bolton away, you know, that's, that's you know, re- real. You can see why they call it the, the, you know, it is sort of like a mini championship, isn't it? Uh, with us and, you know, and, and the good old uh, League One stalwart Sunderland, um, who, let's not forget, have been in League One longer than we have. Absolutely. And Bolton as well, actually. Local rival Oxford to come as well. Yes, I mean, that'll be huge, won't it? Um, very much looking forward to that. It's always, you know, always always a decent atmosphere whenever Oxford come to town. Um, so, yes, very much looking forward to the, the Oxford United game next Saturday. Good to have two home games in a row. But, yes, as you also have reminded people, um, it's half past 12 on Saturday. Um, and, 
yes, there's going to be quite a lot of people there. Uh, so if you are planning on driving, then make sure you get there nice and early. Absolutely. You can perhaps take uh, Bob's tips of things to do afterwards as well. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes. So Risborough Rangers, good luck to them. They are at home um, on Saturday, uh, as are Beaconsfield Town as well. Uh, so if you fancy a double header, uh, you, you know, you might you might have to leave quite sharpish at the end uh, to make sure that you get there. But we would recommend it. I thought a double header was some sort of football training tip you've been giving as well. <laughs> Uh, yes, it's, it's, it's what the, the 12 Tappers oldest do with each other. <laughs> Thanks very much indeed for listening. Uh, have a great week. Uh, we'll speak to you at the same time next week. Uh, some final couple of words? Uh, cheerio uh, uh, and up the wick, as Pete Kuhig would say. <laughs>